Thank you, Bernard. Uh, good morning, all. Good to see you all here this morning. And uh, it's cost me a fortune uh, to keep the uh, Delve guys in here this morning with bribery. Um, so thanks for that. No, no, you haven't got anything. Sorry, you weren't there when I handed out the sweets. Uh, it's good to see you. Uh, thank you again uh, for giving me the honour, I suppose, of standing up here and, and uh, uh, sharing the word. Uh, I'm going to pray for myself, if that's all right and pray for for the message this morning. Thank you, Bernard, for praying, but I'm going to pray as well. Yeah, Father, just want to pray that uh, whatever comes from my mouth this morning will be of you. And uh, Father, anything that isn't, uh, sorry, forgive me, let it be struck uh, from the record. But Father, as we open the word now and just look at this gift that you so freely give, Father, may these words be yours in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, we're looking at the gift of discernment this morning, carrying on this uh, series um, in uh, spiritual gifts, and um, I'm going to flit around the scripture for a little bit, I've got four passages that will come up on a PowerPoint screen at some point, Um, but if you turn to 1 Corinthians 12 verse 10 uh, in your Bibles, uh, that'll be really good. Um, just going to read, just go over a little bit. I know we've looked at some of the other gifts as well, but it's good just to kind of put it in the context of what uh, is being said here. Um, so from 7 to 10, I'm just going to read. It says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. going to come back to that at the end. To one there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. I'll just finish there. Because that's really where we're kind of like um, looking at this morning. And it doesn't actually specifically say... um, Uh, discernment, the gift of discernment. It actually says distinguishing between spirits. So when I was kind of rereading it, I was like, it doesn't say discernment. It says distinguishing between spirits. What what really is being said here? So it's slightly different to, to what we might understand. So the Greek word for this is diakresis, which means distinguishing, discerning, Uh, passing godly judgment, differentiating and assessing. And here we see in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he's actually explaining uh, how things need to be done and looked at from a Christian point of view. So if we literally skip back to verse 1 to 3, he says, Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul doesn't want the Corinthians to be uninformed. He's instructing them. He reminds them that once they were pagans... Once they were influenced and led astray by false gods. And that the evidence of a Christian should be quite clear. That Jesus is from God. That Jesus is Lord. The Christian faith was still growing at this time. And many different people were being saved. Amen. Which is great. 
Some were seriously uninformed of how God works. And also quite a few were probably caught up in the whole wave of it all. And also there were probably those wanting to work against this new movement, this new wave, this new Christianity. This is why Paul is saying there should be discernment of distinguishing between spirits. Now, you might ask, well, what are these spirits? Well, according to what I've read in the Bible and others have as well, uh, we can identify three. There's the Holy Spirit, there's the human spirit, and there are evil spirits. Okay? Quite simple. Holy Spirit, human spirit, evil spirits. So when we examine human life, including the Christian life, we know that these are all evident. They're all evident. However, it's not always easy to know which is which sometimes. Is that true? Yeah. Each gift is given to whom God chooses, and this gift is clearly given to discern what was being said in the church and the culture at the time. We also need to be asking for this gift a lot in today's church and culture. Just as they were then, having all of these voices speaking out in church, is this of God, is this of a human being, is that an evil spirit? We need to be doing this as well in our church and in our culture. This morning I just want to look at some evidence from scripture, some personal stories and how we can use this gift to tread carefully through the minefield of life today in discerning what is of God, what is of us, and what is of the enemy. So let's turn to scripture. If you can put the next slide on, please. Dave. 1 John 4, 1 to 6. Give you a bit of time to look that one up. And you might want to look the others up as we're going. One John four towards the back. One two two seven. If you're using a church Bible, so it says here, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you can recognise the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges uh, that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and even now is already in the world. You, dear dear children, are from God and have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than he is in the world. They're from the world and therefore speak from the viewpoint of the world and the world listens to them. We are from God and whoever knows God listens to us. But whoever is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we recognise the spirit of truth and the spirit of falsehood. Really good chunk of scripture there when we kind of come to trying to understand discernment. And it's quite clear evidence that we can uh, distinguish between spirits, namely in the acknowledgement that Jesus has come to earth in the flesh. If we're hearing that from people, if we're acknowledging that people are saying, yes, Jesus is the Christ, then we know that we can distinguish they are from God. Anything else says is the spirit of the Antichrist is against Christ. Now, it's quite easy to work that one out. 
if people are saying, yeah, well, Jesus is the Christ, but we have got so many voices out there, maybe false prophets, whatever you want to call them, uh, and we live in a multi-faith culture and also a multi-truth culture. That's the dangerous one. Multi-faith is, we understand there's some kind of element of spirituality with those people, but actually the multi-truth, my truth is what is true. What I understand is my truth. Say your truth. It's getting very muddled and very confusing. Now we have to have respect, of course, for people. <laughs> goes without saying. And their beliefs. But we need to be careful not to fall into the trap that all faiths and all truths will lead to God. Jesus says in John 14, verse 6, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. We respect, but we also remember this scripture here in 1 John, that unless people confess that Jesus is from God in the flesh, then we know nothing else. Acts 16, if you want to turn to that one, 16 to 18. Paulus and Silas, just give a little bit of a title of being in prison. So there's a little bit of a, a caveat to doing this kind of stuff. Um, but it says there, once uh, when we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. You can imagine. She earned a great deal of money for her owners in fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. She kept this up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and said to the Spirit, In the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. We see Paul and Silas being hounded by this woman for days. Eventually, Paul has had enough and discerns that this is an evil spirit. This isn't just some crazy woman spouting off. This is an evil spirit. And she is being manipulated and used by other people for their riches. We can look around the world today and see that that still happens. People are being abused we need to discern what God is doing in this. And in, in, it says here in, in Paul becoming so troubled that he just turns. It's almost in this righteous anger, this discernment. This is not right for this woman. He discerns and he does what he is called to do. And he tells the demon to flee. In the name of Jesus, be gone. Now, casting out spirits isn't something you often hear talked about in church. It's not something that's high on the agenda. Um, And that's something that maybe we need to look at as uh, we kind of encounter our culture a lot more. Um, We tend not to see the evidence of it a lot, but they're still there. Trust me, they are still there. The danger, I think, is twofold in, in when we kind of deal with evil spirits. We either argue them away by other means, oh, this is what's affecting them, etc., etc., 
uh, or we just don't really want to talk about it because we don't know a lot about it and don't really want to get involved with that because it sounds really scary. Or we look for an evil spirit in everything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's either one or the other. We're either totally scared and don't even want to think about that there could be an evil spirit or I could be affected by one. So, or it like literally is like, there's a demon there. She has a demon. He has a demon. There's a demon in that bunch of flowers. It's, it's, it can get really, really crazy. Again, this is something that needs great discernment. But I would just want to point out that when it comes to issues like uh, deliverance ministry and, and, and discerning evil spirits, this isn't just an area for church leaders, that they're the ones with the magical power to be able to do this. According to what Mark 6's account of the Great Commission is, Mark 6's account actually says, um, 16's account, it actually says that we are to baptise and cast out demons. It's not just a leadership role. It's a discipleship thing. And I think it's one of the things that we all are asked to do. But obviously we need to tread carefully with this kind of stuff. So, um, But discerning of what is, is of the enemy is really key uh, for us in our lives. Last passage of scripture. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians uh, and then I'm going to share a few stories, if I may. 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verse uh, 16 to 22. Be joyful always. Love it when it starts that. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecies with contempt. But test everything, hold on to the good, and avoid every kind of evil. In this we see that prophecy itself is not to be seen as unworthy, or that it sounds too elaborate. Some of the stories that the young people heard at Soul Survivor from Mike Pilavachi on some of the, 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 the prophecy, early prophecy things he was getting involved with uh, were quite elaborate and quite, oh my goodness me, Um, Is that really God speaking? Um, It needed to be tested. Each prophecy is to be tested. And in this testing, discernment is needed. We need to discern if this is God speaking or it's a human heart speaking. So I believe prophecy and discernment walk hand in hand. Prophecy can be quite subjective, a little bit left-field, Uh, There are some prophecies that have been out there and you think, oh my goodness me, what does that mean? And I'm not sharing that with so-and-so. That's just not right, Lord. And if you do get a chance to talk to one of the young people about Mike Pilavachi's one to the Greek lady. That was a really good one. Um, But I'll leave that there. I'll leave you hanging. You've got to ask them now. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Sometimes too much of the human heart can, can influence prophecy especially if it's abused and it can manipulate others. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. And it's not nice. All throughout Scripture, as we look at these, these, just these three passages, we see evidence uh, of discernment and how it is used and how we're to work out what is from God, what is from us, what is from the Holy Spirit. It's a little bit of a minefield but I believe that there's some practical stuff I can share with us this morning. 
We see evidence in our own lives, and I'm going to share a couple of stories, if this is okay. My sister, um, who I love to bits, uh, she's younger than me, um, so she's always that annoying little sister you could kick around as a big brother, and I did that all the time. And um, she, she is really in tune with God in a really special way, and um, I remember her coming home one day and talking, uh, she, was, she, was, she was quite pale in the face and a little bit shaken. And she'd gone from college to a friend's house for lunch. And uh, as she was just about to walk in the door, she stopped. And, and it was like she said there was this, there was a, it was like an ice barrier. She just felt so cold, so cold. And she was like, I'm not going in there. And her friend said, what's wrong? Come, in, come around for lunch. She said, I'm not going in there. Something's not right. Something is not right. My spirit is checking it. And uh, she, she went back and then, found out a little bit later on that all of her friends were uh, playing with an Ouija board, uh, an occult um, uh, practice that he's done, which is very, very dangerous. And uh, her spirit discerned, the Holy Spirit within her and her spirit were a two and say, don't go. That is not the place to go. So again, one little story where it's evident, it's just like, wow, the gift of discernment there, love, is really, really good. You and the Holy Spirit are, are in tune there, and that's really good. Um, a, a story f- from myself. Um, it's actually the story of me coming here all those 16 years ago. Seems like only last week, doesn't it, Bernard? <laughs> um, half a century more, like, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it, was, it was, you know, when, you, when, when I look back on it, God was in everything, obviously. Um, but it took discernment. Myself and, and Katie, I was on the leadership of the youth work at our old church, and um, we were invited away to a leader's uh, day away because the church were thinking of planting into West Wickham, uh, um, which is quite a needy area. And um, we just felt, oh, that sounds, this sounds really good. Let's go along to the day. Let's, let's go along. So the, the, both of us went. And um, we were invited to go up front and um, pray and take communion together. So we took communion as a couple. And both of us at the same time felt, felt the scripture from Isaiah 6, here I am, send me. So for us, it was a confirmation. This is it. We're going to be part of this team. We're going to go and plant a church. We're going to work with the leadership. It's going to be exciting. We're really, you know, literally. And there's some other stuff that was kind of going on as well as we were, we were asking questions. And we're like, right, we're, we're, this is it. Look, we're going to do this. Uh, yeah, can't think of anything better than helping to plant a church. That's really cool. It was it within probably a couple of weeks that we came here and visited? We were seeing Bob and, and, and Debbie at the time. And um, as I walk through the door, uh, this young fella called Carl uh, says, you know, how you doing? Yeah, really good. Um, uh, how's, how's work? Yeah, really good. But my heart is... Is to do youth work um, full time. That's my that's my heart. I want to do that. Love landscape gardening, but that's my passion. That's my heart. And his words literally were, well, "I'll give you a job." <laughs> what? Sorry. He said, "Well, I've got I've I've got a job here going for for youth worker. We're looking for someone." Um, I just really felt the Holy Spirit say, "Go and talk to Gary." So he discerned something. I didn't have a clue. I was discerning that I was going to help plant a church in West Wickham. And literally, you know, just then chatting to 
Bob, my father-in-law, talking to my parents, chatting it through with Kate, praying it through. Well, oh my goodness me, God's not calling us to West Wickham. He's calling us here. We had to discern that, though, because I could quite easily have gone and gone, no, it's too big a move. It's too big a challenge, God. Sorry, it's too big to move, not just my family, but in order for us to afford to live in Billericay, my parents moved with us as well. We sold two houses in six months. We both, as families, were here. It takes discernment from a lot of people to think, is this of God? I think it's of God now. (laughs) Still testing it. (laughs) But it's amazing, and each one of us has probably got stories. And and at Soul Survivor, it was great seeing some of the young people start to discern some things that God was laying on their hearts as well. There was uh, one young person that informed me they discerned at the right time, they'd held on to a word that they felt God had given them, and it was then just shared at the right time, and they were like, oh my goodness me, that's what I was just thinking. It's just like God's timing is amazing when it comes to discernment. And, and it's just like, you, you, do I, do I, do I? And nine times out of ten, you go for it, and it's done, and it's awesome. And there was another one, young, young, young person, uh, who had an encouraging word to give to someone, but it was for a complete stranger. <laughs> always the dangerous ones. They're always the scary ones, having to give a word to somebody else. And, and bless them, um, they actually turned to me for help to discern whether it was the right thing to do or not. Should I go and test, you know, share it with them? And, and they literally, as this person was, was having some ministry time, he had the words, here I am, or, or send me, and uh, very much the Isaiah 6 passage. And uh, this young person said, oh my goodness me, as he said that, I was thinking of a song we used to sing in assembly, and it was like, here I am, send me. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I said, you've got to go and encourage that young man that that was God speaking to him and to be encouraged and be confident that God is going to use him. God is going to... There's nothing better than a complete stranger coming up to you and saying, God said that he's going to do this. And, and it, it happened, but it, it took a little bit of time to, to work out, is it of God, is it of me, discerned through someone that was trusted to go and share that. So sometimes we do need a little bit of human help. Discernment is a key spiritual gift to have in our lives. And it's also good to know those also that have it as well. It's very helpful. Remember, we are talking here of godly discernment, where our spirit is in tune with his, and and we as the two work together. Sometimes our humanity, our humanness can get in the way, and our discernment overrides his spirit. But that's where we need to keep in step with God and not rush ahead. Not rush ahead. Sometimes discerning if it's from God or not can be tricky, especially if it's there and then, and there's no time to consult anyone. Um, and, and, and I shared earlier on that, that Mike Pilavachi explained a couple of stories like that where God just gave him something and there's nobody else around. He can't, he can't, he's got to go with his gut. He's got to go with his gut on it. And, and he said, no one's going to die <laughs> in this. You might just look a bit of a fool for Jesus, but it's better to look for a fool for Jesus than a fool for man. And it was in his humanity that, that um, he was unsure of whether it was God or not. There's a great book which I've been reading, and um, which I've just given this copy to Ian, uh, 
a guy called Robbie Dawkins, um, really a brilliant guy that, that I think he's, he's a modern-day apostle. Uh, if you want to have that debate later, we can. Um, but it's a book called Do What Jesus Did. And it's literally a real-life field guide to healing the sick, routing demons, and changing lives forever. It's a brilliant read. I like, we're saying I like to re- recommend books. This is one of them. Um, so it's Robbie Dawkins, Do What Jesus Did. The stories in there are amazing of the healings and the, the prophecies over people's lives. Seriously, things like laying hands on an engine to start, and it starts the, and it goes, and, and, and calling um, a name out of a girl, and she then turns, because she was lost, and she turns out. There's one story in there which I just laughed my head off when I read it, and it's this lady who had been to one of Robbie's um, things, and she, she felt she heard God say to her afterwards, I want you to go into that supermarket over there and in front of the cashier, stand on your head in front of her. And he's like, nope. <laughs> that's not God, that's me. Here's it again. I want you to go into that supermarket, go in front of the cashier, stand on your head. If that's you, God, no. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Third time. And she's starting to walk the other way. She's doing a Jonah now. She's off, you know, I'm getting on a ship and going to Tarshish. She's like, I don't want to know. I do not want to know. And turns the other way and she hears it again. I want you to go into this supermarket, stand on your head in front of this cashier. And she's like, I've just been to this thing that Robbie's talked about and just go with it. What are you going to do? You look, you look like an idiot. You are going to look like an idiot. End of story. Sorry, you are. But you're being an idiot for God. So she literally goes into the supermarket, puts her bags down, stands on her head in front of the cashier, up against the wall like that, and the cashier breaks down in in tears. Breaks down in tears. And the lady gets back down, sorts herself out, and says, why are you crying? She said, I've been going through a terrible, terrible time, and I literally just prayed, God, if you exist, I want someone to come in here and stand on their head in front of me. Oh, I love it. So these are the really crazy things, but they're also some really simple things that, 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 you know, she's discerned. She's discerned this is of God. But her humanity was overriding. Her spirit was overriding. So we just have to, um, you know, be careful. We need to discern uh, where there are some really ordinary things in life that we can discern. Um, and we all want to know God's plans and God's purposes in our lives Uh, His will for us is to be our first priority, Um, but it's not always easy, and sometimes discernment comes down to trusting in him. This woman had to trust in God that I was going to have to go and stand in front of someone on my head. That's trust, and I think that's something that we we possibly forget a little bit, is to trust trust in God, trust that he knows best, um, not us. So how do we apply this for today? Well, I believe we still need to distinguish between spirits, gods, ours, and the enemy. We need to remember that all three can be in play at the same time when it comes to discerning what is right or not. Each one of us can identify times when we've had big decisions to make. And all three will be coming at you. The Holy Spirit will be going, yes, this is what I want you to do. Your humanity will be going, no, it's way too big and way too dangerous. And the enemy will be going, yeah, you're right, it is, don't do it. All three will be in play, which is why we need to discern and have others to help. The enemy will want to take you down a different path. He's got his own plans for you. He wants to manipulate the human spirit. 
He does it by playing to your own spirit's weakness, be it sin, a uh, major anxiety we might have. He just wants to like amplify it, make it as bad as it possibly could be. But the Holy Spirit is just saying, no, keep coming, keep coming, keep following me. God's spirit can be a challenging one sometimes as he looks to grow and develop you. Sometimes it's really painful. He always gives you strength to go through it, I believe. His way is normally the most peaceful way. We feel anxiety about certain things sometimes because our spirit is actually out of our comfort zone a little bit. We want to be comfortable. We don't want to be pushing the boat too much, do we? I know I don't sometimes. It's like, Lord, can I just, have, just, just chill out for a bit? It's like, well, yeah, you can, but there's some great stuff going to go on here. Just, those thoughts went through my head about Spurgeon's. Lord, really? <laughs> really? 46 for crying out loud. Do I have to? It's like, no, I think it's a good thing. I have to check my own human spirit in that. It's quite easy to just say, no, I'm just going to bob along doing what I want to do. Because God is calling something and saying... So in that, in that anxiety and stuff like that, that's where we just have to draw so close to God. The important thing is here is just draw near to God. So we are in tune a lot more with his spirit. The less time we spend with him, the more we're going to start hearing the other influences the other spirits, our spirit more, the enemy's spirit. Individually, we need to discern what is right and wrong on a daily basis at school, at college, university, work, family, life, church. Little decisions are made every day that can set a course for the week, the month or the year. You don't need to be worried about every little thing and discern every little thing, but just submit it to the Lord, draw close to him, and your path will become his path. As a church leadership, we've got loads of stuff to discern. You know, loads of stuff each, each time. What does God want to uh, teach uh, on a Sunday morning, Sunday evening, discipleship groups, what ministries to start, is to stop. Uh, building, discernment of the building's huge for us as a leadership. We value your prayers and your discernment as well. And many issues cross our paths every single day. So how can we go practically uh, from here applying discernment? First one, draw close to him. Draw close to him through prayer, through his word. Without doubt, God is the best person to go to to ask what he has plans for in your life. No one else, God. He's got great plans for every single one of us. Great plans. But we need to draw close to him and ask. And be patient. Be patient. God's in a building process with every single one of us. Sometimes we're not quite ready for something. We might think we are. God's like, you're not ready. That's too big a thing for you to handle right now. And the other way, actually, sometimes he says, do you know what? Trust in me, I'm going to equip you away on the way. I'm going to equip you. Because that's one of the biggest things for us is you say, no, I'm, I'm, I can't do that, Lord. I can't do youth work, children's work. I can't cast out a demon. I can't speak a word of prophecy. It's not me, Lord. But God's like, do you trust me? Do you trust me? 
I'm going to help you along the way. I'm going to equip you as you go. Secondly, ask for the gift of discernment. Ask for it. It's a gift. <laughs> Simple as that. Ask for it. And you ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. Who here gets surprise gifts on birthday and at Christmas? You get the surprise. Do you still get the surprise ones? Because most people ask. I'd really like this for Christmas. I really need this for my birthday. It's, it's, it's a modern thing. I, I can always remember as a kid growing up, I think, I don't know what I'm going to get. I genuinely don't. Now it's just like, as you go to a teenager, well, I need this. I need a laptop. I need a phone. And I need a new car. Okay, I'm not going to get a car. Um, but, see, we get, to, we get into a point where actually we're asking a lot. And actually, I think that's Okay. It, it, it happens in our family, and it's okay, oh, the, the, the element of surprise has gone, and it's just like, yeah, but it's just, come on, it's about family time. It's not always about the gifts, the gifts, the gifts at Christmas, but specifically, specifically, I think God wants us to engage with him in asking for gifts. I genuinely believe that. I genuinely believe that he's, he says, you know, what, what do you want? What do you want for Christmas? <laughs> What do you want for your birthday? I've got these gifts. I want to give them to you. And actually, say, so just like, actually, Lord, I really would love the gift of discernment. I've got some big stuff that's going to come up, and I really need to know. He said, like, okay. I'm going to give it. Have you actually ever asked for the gift of prophecy? <laughs> or the gift of tongues? Ask. Seek. Knock. I also believe that God now and again likes to surprise us. <laughs> we love surprises. And I do believe now and again, God just goes, there you go. And all of a sudden, this word comes out, and you're like, oh, where did that come from? And you're like, there you go. God is a great father who loves to give good gifts. But ask him. Ask, seek, knock. Thirdly, ask others. Especially those you know have the gift. All right? Chat to them. Ask them to pray with you. Ask them what God is revealing to them about you. Many people, young and old, have come and asked me and others I know to to discern things. Um, I believe it's a gift that I have, but I still need to check my own spirit. I can manipulate. That's the problem. I'm not saying I do, but we, we all have the power to do that. When we are leaders... We can manipulate, and it's so horrible when you see it happening in, in, the, in the Christian life. It just it, it, it hurts me to see it happen. And remember, because remember that this whole Christian lark thing is it's about the body of Christ. It's about all of us helping each other out. out. Fourth and final, what are these gifts for? Well, we've got to go back to 1 Corinthians 12. Verse 10, and I said it right at the very beginning to hold this thought. Verse 7. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. The common good. These gifts that you are freely given aren't solely for you. Gifts of the Holy Spirit aren't for you. They may encourage you. They may help develop you in your relationship with God, but ultimately they are for the benefit of others. 
They're graciously given so that we can bless others. God's grace through Jesus was given for the benefit of us. God didn't sacrifice his one and only son for his own gain. He did it so we could gain him. He freely gave, so we need to freely give the gifts we have been blessed with. We do this by drawing alongside those who need our support. And more than ever, it's not the Christians who need it. It's those that don't know him. When they start to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit in your lives, they'll ask the questions, wow, who, why, where, when? Yeah, the the body of Christ needs support. It needs each one of us. But Christ said in Mark 2, he hasn't come for the healthy, but the sick. In the same way, we're not called to be a cruise ship, but a medical frigate. Seeking out the hurt and lost in our community. To introduce them to Jesus and send them out on their own mission. Discernment is needed in this time and age. It's needed in Parliament, it's needed in church, it's needed in homes, it's needed in schools. Pray that God would give you the gift of discernment in this hour. Let me pray for us. Father, I thank you for all of your spiritual gifts. I thank you, Father, that they are not for us solely, but they are for the encouragement and the benefit of others, the body of Christ, for those that don't know you yet. Father, I pray for each one of us, whatever gift it might be, that we would ask, that we would seek, that we would knock on that door and say, Father, what gift do you want to give me? Help us to be willing Help us to be open and honest. Help us to check our spirit. And guard us, Father, I pray in Jesus' name from the enemy. As we look to discern, to godly judge in our own lives, in others' lives. Help us to discern, Father, in this time, the right course of action to take in so many different circumstances. Father, may we hear from your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we reflect on uh, what the Lord's been saying to us through Gary this morning, let's uh, sing what is a a favourite song of so many of us, Be Thou My Vision. But uh, it's very easy to sing this and not really remember the words that we're singing or not take them in. But be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Be all else but naught to me, save that thou art. But then it says, be thou my best thought in the day and the night, both waking and sleeping, thy presence, my light. We're asking for his light. Father, we thank you for this time we've had here this morning. Father, we thank you that we can sing, that we can praise and worship you. 
We thank you, Father, that we have your words that we can freely go into and look at. Father, help us to discern uh, this week uh, some of the things that come before us that uh, will be a challenge. Father, we pray that we would uh, work out what is right and what is wrong, that you are, are working through us, that it's your spirit speaking. Father, when our spirit wants to override by your spirit, would you quell us? Would you give us peace? Father, where we see the enemy at work, may we be bold enough to cast out in Jesus' name, to stand against the enemy. And Father, where we may not have an idea or a clue what we're to do next, may we draw alongside our brothers and sisters in Christ. We can ask for prayer. We can ask for discernment. In this world we live in, Father, help us to discern more and more, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.